Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Ancheyam at Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Noah, The Power of Diversity. So, when you were growing up, did you do Legos? No, my brother did. I was never into them. No, I, I had um, Lincoln Logs. Oh, yeah, I had those too. I guess maybe that's a, maybe that's a generational thing. Like, Lincoln Logs predated the, the, the Legos. Right. They were a little sort of limiting in their own way, but I love doing Lincoln Logs. I love building things and then just standing back and saying, I created this. And then knocking them over. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Right. That was the other part that I enjoyed, too. It's true. Well, you know, in, in this week's portion of Noah, you have one of the more infamous building projects. That's not with Lego logs and it's not with uh, Legos, but it is a vision of a building project that people would have been familiar with. This whole story of the Tower of Babel is really a polemical story. It's a critical story of Babylonia. And how they would build these massive projects, which was, you know, ostensibly a religious object. It was really a statement about their greatness. And what the Israelites were saying was that the God of Israel doesn't want us to concentrate and build these kind of wondrous things in one place, but rather the story of the Tower of Babel is God's desire for people not only to be fruitful and multiply, as we learned in the previous portion, but also to spread out over all the earth. And so what God wants is not for people to be unified and in one place, but what God wants is for people to be all over the world. And so what happens in the story is that people are going to build a tower that's going to go all the way up to heaven. And basically what they're saying is, is that we have the technological ability to go heavenward, which is a statement about hubris. What God wants is for people to be diverse. And so what God does is change their language. And suddenly we have everybody speaking every language under the sun and they can't come together as a result because they don't have Google and they can't just speak into it into their smartphones and find out what the other one's saying. So they ultimately disperse and go out throughout the world. And so this is, this is the essence of the story. And so on the one hand, you can say, well, this is a polemic about what God wants, and as opposed to these kind of proud, hubris-filled Babylonians. Or you can say that this is a story about the importance of diversity in any age. And that's kind of what I want to look at with you today. How important is it in a global world for there to be diversity? Yeah, it's such a great question because you often hear people say, well, you know, why can't we realize that we're all the same? Why do we need to have, a, you know, national identities and racial identities, you know, aren't those all man-made constructs that are just designed to help us feel superior to another group? Why can't we just accept that, you know, we are all children of God and that we're all created in God's image? And this story in some ways is, is saying the opposite. It's good for us to have separate identities and to have diversity. And that's where I'm eager to see where this conversation takes us because I think there's a real paradox there. There is a paradox, because on the one hand, we have to be able to get along with one another, right? And we just experienced something through COVID where you had this kind of global effort to figure out a vaccine. And because this was a global effort and because there was probably much more uh, sharing uh, between scientists around the world than what would normally take place, the world was able to benefit from vaccines that were produced 
in a miraculously short amount of time. So that's an argument for the Tower of Babel, right? We should, if we come together, look at the amazing things that we can do. But that leaves out the idea that what was going on around the world were the components that made for the vaccine. If the diversity hadn't been going on beforehand and different scientific labs were doing different kinds of research, right, then we wouldn't have gotten where we got. So basically diversity led us to a unified approach. Right. And that gets back to the paradox again, because we, we say that we want everybody to be treated equally and that we want to think about everybody as as being a brother and sister in humanity. And yet we also say that diversity makes us a better community, that we are better and stronger from having different voices and from being open-minded to outside views and from learning from people who are different from us. So how do you find the balance there? How do you do both things at once? You know, recognizing that we you can't put the cows back in the barn. We have a world full of diversity. We have a world full of inequality. We have racism. So what do we do about it? You can't, you know, unfortunately, we can't be completely idealistic about this, I'm afraid. You can't? <laughs> well, we can. I just don't know. No, I, I, was just, I was just joking. <laughs> we, we certainly can. I just don't know if it does us any good. Right, right. I was reminded of... Um one of uh, Woody Allen's Helm stories where the one of the congregants came to the wise rabbi and said, Rabbi, why is it ham kosher? And the rabbi said, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just a joke. I think you're putting your finger right on the issue. The, The struggle within is the knowledge that diversity is important, but also our desire, our innate understanding of ourselves that we want to be, okay, diversity is great, but my culture is the best one. And because if I'm the strongest and if I'm the best, then I have the power. Because that's also the history of humankind, isn't it? That we struggle within ourselves to kind of look at this mosaic of the world and say, isn't this amazing what we can learn from each other? And at the same time, the history of humanity is conquering one nation after another, empire building, colonialization, and controlling the resources of the world. We're always struggling with that balance of what's good for everyone and what's good for me. Yeah, and and, and no, don't take this personally, but uh, you know, religion has been a big part of that too. Um, you know, religion has been one of the weapons used to uh, to declare superiority and to help one person feel like they have the right to uh, to reign over another. I'm crushed by that. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm, gonna... I'm the first one to mention this to you, probably. I, I, I had never heard that before. <laughs> no, it's true. But my dear friend, I want I do want to say that. Long before religion was used as a cudgel for power, people found other means, right? The empires, whether the Babylonian Empire, the Assyrian Empire, the Roman Empire, these weren't crusades. These were just brutal land grabs, right? Based upon the the notion that our greatness is based upon our military prowess and what we can accomplish. The gods were sort of brought along for the ride. So we don't want to kind of go down that path. But I want to kind of just stay with this idea that what the Torah is saying is twofold. You can't get to the Tower of Babel unless you start with the creation story from the, the week before, last week's portion. Because the basis of that story is, if you want to kind of reduce it to its essence, The essence of the story is, I'm God and you're not. 
I'm God, you're not. I created the world. It all came from me. It's my vision. I put you on this earth to be my partner, but I'm God. You have some of the essence of my, of my greatness. You're creating the image of God, but you're not God. And if you forget that lesson, and if you don't appreciate the fact that there's something larger than you and that there are moral forces beyond you, then you're going to ultimately bring your own destruction. Because remember that the Tower of Babel is all part of the flood story. And so that is God's basically, God saying, I can't take this. I won't allow it. So I'm destroying the world. So what the lesson is, is that if you're following God's plan through diversity, that you also need to see that each person is created in the image of God. And that's the struggle within. And I think the answer of any legitimate, authentic religion is that we need to be able to see the humanity in every person and the diversity. Yeah. And, and the irony here is that, you know, we start thinking that we can be God, that we we build, you know, we show this hubris and we, we try to build this great tower. And the punishment for that is that we're scattered and we're, we're created in different languages and we um, start to see each other as others. And we, we fail in the process of that. We we fail to recognize that our neighbors are still our neighbors, that, that, that we've been divided and this diversity becomes divisive. It's almost like a punishment for our hubris. I think the punishment is intended to humble us and, and it doesn't always humble us. The greatness of these archetypal stories is that they're relevant in every generation. The struggles of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and temptation and wisdom and what is wisdom, those are issues that we face in every generation, including our own. What do we do and how do we see other cultures? How do we see other people? That's also part of something larger. And we struggle with that in every generation. I mean, the whole history of the hemisphere in which we live, the conquest of South America, of Central America, right? The conquistadors, and then pilgrims, and what we chose to do and how we chose to treat people that were different from us, whether they were Native Americans or people of color, it's the same issue. And so we're right, you're wrong, because the society that we build is the only society that's the only way to do it. Which is, by the way, isn't that part of the controversy of what we study on college campuses? The Greek classics are important, but it's not the only source of knowledge. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't study the Greek classics, but the, where's the diversity in our studies? When I went to college, it wasn't a particularly diverse core curriculum that I was studying with Columbia. It was a very focused and it was a particular Western cultural approach. Today, I think we're really struggling with that. And the reaction against it is also kind of inherent to the story of the Tower of Babel. Do I really want diversity? I'm willing to study it, but as long as I know that my culture is the right one. Yeah, and and in my neighborhood, it's all fine just as long as it doesn't come to my neighborhood, right? The same thing we saw in the 60s uh, when the civil rights movement tried to move into the North. No, I'm, I'm happy to give my money and maybe even go down to Selma and help march there, but don't you dare think about integrating my suburban neighborhood, right? It's not in my backyard, and that's where the hubris remains. You know, we may have broken up some of the hubris with the Tower of Babel, but it remains in just in maybe in smaller pockets and as you're talking about that whole NIMBY idea of not in my backyard, this is the debate that's going on in our society. And 
like any debate and like any revolution, we're going to err on a more extreme side. But in time, we're going to find a better balance. If you listen to the debate that's going on, whether it's how we understand the role of people of color in this country and how we understand the history of this country through that lens, everybody is up in arms about this conversation. But at the same time, what we're looking at is the struggle for new ideas, really the struggle through a more diverse way of understanding things. So you might argue from one perspective that we have built one Tower of Babel in this country, right? We built up and built up and built up and said, this is the only way to understand things. The diversity of its citizens is now rising up and saying, wait a minute, there's a much more colorful story that's been told in this country and a history that we need to look at as difficult as it is and to appreciate the values of this country, but to not lose ourselves in this process of, of saying, Gewalt, we can't possibly go beyond what we learned in college, can't throw this out or this out. No, we have to kind of find the balance and we're struggling with it right now in this country. It's a very tense, but a very important conversation, but it is relating, it relates very directly to the Tower of Babel. I can see that. And it seems to me that, you know, we are still wrestling with what happens after the Tower of Babel. You know, what happens when you recognize that the people around you are different, speaking different languages and have different backgrounds, and then what? We're still working on the then what? Right. Well, now what? Right. What happens next? This is a great conversation. This is a great conversation. And, you know, I, I, I want to just end by giving just a kind of touch on what I thought was an amazing television experience of the whole Muhammad Ali series and compliment you on that. But I want to just say that one of the things that really struck me about the show was the evolution of Muhammad Ali. And, you know, he was sort of like this figure that was present in every major moment during the 60s and the 70s and then the 80s. And how this country sort of came around to see this person that was reviled to being that moment at the uh, Olympics in Atlanta where he lit the torch, where he was the world hero. And so that, that to me is a symbol of what's possible if we go through this evolutionary process. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that, uh, you know, a black man, a man who refused to fight for his country, a man who became a Muslim at a time when nobody really knew much about Islam um, could end up being arguably the most popular man on earth is really a testament to, I guess, open-mindedness, among other things. Well, Jonathan, thank you. <laughs>